So we'll talk a little bit about Parsha's Vayigash, which is, of course, this week's Parsha. And in this week's Parsha, we have the meeting of first Yaakov and finally his brother Binyamin. Why am I saying Yaakov? Yo- Yosef, Yosef and Binyamin, right? Yeah. We know that Yosef uh, was sold into slavery many years ago. And in last week's Parsha, he meets his ten brothers. He sends them home with the whole uh, story. But ultimately, he tells them they have to come down with Binyamin. And Binyamin does come down to, um, in, in, um, in the end of last week's Parsha. And in the beginning of this week's Parsha is where Yosef reveals his identity to his brothers. And there the Pasuk tells us, and this is the first quote on the page, in Perak Bemhei, Pasuk Yudalid. Vayipol al-Tzavri binyamin achiv. Yosef falls on the neck of Binyamin, his brother, Vayef, and he cries. Uvinyamin bacha al-Tzavarav, and Binyamin cries on Yosef's neck as well. So, we have this uh, very emotional meeting of Yosef and Binyamin. These are, you know, full brothers from father and mother. And they're both crying on each other's necks. We would probably say shoulders, but Tzavar is, is, is a neck. Um, and there's an interesting view here that Chazal say. It says that he cried al Tzavarei Binyamin. Tzavarei is um, plural. Uh, as if there's, he's crying about uh, literally two necks or something, something plural about Tzavarei. Whereas Binyamin Bachal Tzavarov, that's just his neck. That's, that's, uh, that's not plural, that's singular in Hebrew. And Rashi gives us from the Gemara something very interesting. And he says that this crying, of course, on a simple level, you have brothers who are finally reunited after so many years. That's a you know, good enough reason to cry. But here we're talking about Sadiqim, we're talking about people with prophetic powers. And Rashi says that when, when um, Yosef was crying on Bin, by Binyamin's neck, it wasn't just about Binyamin. But we know the base of Mikdash in Yerushalayim is built in the part of Yerushalayim, in the part of Israel that was really part of the section of Binyamin. Mm. So in that section, we, there's going to be two Bate Mikdash, the first and the second. Both are going to be destroyed. So at this fateful meeting, when Yosef is meeting Binyamin, he's looking into the future. And he's seeing that there's going to be two Bate Mikdash, two holy temples that are going to be destroyed. In Binyamin's chilek, in Binyamin's portion in Israel, and Yosef is crying about that now. Um, conversely, Binyamin bachal tzavarav, Binyamin cries on Yosef's neck, al mishkan shilo, she'asid liyos bechalko shal Yosef v'sofi lecharev. We know when the Jewish people come into Israel, before the Beis HaMikdash, they have the Mishkan and Shiloh for many, many years. People don't realize the Mishkan and Shiloh stood for 369 years, the Rambam tells us. So we're talking about that's a very long time in history. Um, and that was in the section, that was in the Chilak of Yosef. So Yosef's portion of Eretz Yisrael housed the Mishkan of Shiloh. Binyamin's portion housed the two Bate Mikdash, the first base of Mikdash built by uh, Shlomo HaMelech and the second built by Ezra and Nechemiah. So when they're meeting now, and they're both crying, each one is crying about the destruction of the temple in the other's lot. Binyamin is crying over the two Bate Mikdash that are going to be destroyed by Binyamin. I'm sorry, Yosef is crying over the two Bate Mikdash of Binyamin that are going to be destroyed. Binyamin is crying over the, sh- of the Mishkan of Shiloh that was in the part of Yosef that's going to be destroyed. Yes. Just as a side note, where's the third base? Why are we saying the Mishkan of Shiloh was destroyed? Same place as the first two. One second. The, the third base of Mikdash is going to be built in the same place Binyamin. as the first two, Binyamin. But that's not going to be destroyed, so no, there's nothing to cry about. Same place, Har HaMoriah. Har HaMoriah. I'm sorry? Why are we saying the Mishkan was, was destroyed? Because what? The Mishkan of Shiloh was Shiloh. destroyed. There was a... Uh, was, 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 like, already, already, 
out because it was old enough. And no, no, but, but that's not what happened. What happened was in the uh, great terrible war against the Pelishtim, the Philistines, when they killed um, Chafni and Pinchas, uh, yeah, the yeah. sons of Elia Cohen, and they took the Aron, it was at that point that the Mishkan of Shiloh was Kharav, yeah, was destroyed. Was time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what I Rashi says. Parsha, I read this Parsha on Tanakh many times because it's Elisha time also. Right. And I never find out that there was, there was, there was the destruction of, of that. That's a good point. It's a good point. It doesn't say clearly that there was a fire yeah, or a destruction, yeah. but it does say there was a terrible war, and it does say that the Aron was captured, um, and that's when Elu the Kohen Gadol died. And at that point, there was some level of destruction of the Mishkan of Shiloh. Yeah, yeah. But you you make a good point. It doesn't say in Tanakh Vir that there was an actual act of destruction, but the Gemara does indicate that. Yeah, you make a good point. You make a good point. So. And that's why it's plural. That's why this is a plural. It's a singular because he's crying over two Bate Mikdash, so it says Tzavarei, and he's crying over one, the Mishkan Shiloh. That's what it says. Now, this concept, so we have an interesting concept, and really a double concept. One is that the, the Besa Mikdash and the Mishkan are connected to the neck. Two necks, one neck, Tzavar. He cried over his neck, he cried over his neck, and the neck is referring to the Besam Mikdash. Now that we find alluded to much later in the Torah as well, and that's the next quotes we have here. In Devarim Perak Lamed Beis, Lamed Gimel Pasig Yud Beis, and this is in the very last uh, portion of the Torah, when Moshe Rabbeinu is blessing each Shevet. And he talks, he says, L'Binyamin Omar. What did Moshe Rabbeinu tell Binyamin? Yidid Hashem, the beloved of Hashem, Yishkon Levetach Alav, Hashem will rest. Um, on, upon him, and that's the resting of the Shekhinah on the Beis HaMikdash, Chofef Alav Kalayom, he will uh, surround him, or hover over him all day, Ubein Ksefav Shachin, between his shoulders he will rest. Note again that the Beis HaMikdash is connected with between the shoulders. So Rashi says, there in Devarim, Levinyamin Amar, when Moshe Rabbeinu is blessing Binyamin, he says, Lafi Shebirchas Levi Bavides HaKarbonis, Levi was blessed with bringing the korbanos. Vishal Binyamin bebinyan besam mikdash bechalko. Binyamin is being blessed with the building of the besam mikdash that's going to be in his portion. Samchan zelazet. That's why in the brachos, Binyamin comes directly after Levi. Because Levi was told that he's going to bring korbanos. We're in the besam mikdash. And that's why Binyamin's bracha follows Levi. Vishamach Yosef acharov. Right after Binyamin comes Yosef. Because he has the Mishkan of Shiloi. So Rashi there again is telling us that there's an order. There's Levi who brings the Karbanos. We're in the Beis Mikdash, which is in the portion of Binyamin, and in the Mishkan, which is in the portion of Yosef. So again, Binyamin and Yosef, the two sons of Rachel, are the ones who are there going to contain the holiest place of Klal Yisrael, the Beis Mikdash, the first, the second, and the Mishkan of Shiloh. But again, we see the reference to the neck and between the shoulders. So Rashi says in the next Rashi, and all these Rashis are really taken from Gemara's, but Rashi says, Why does the Pasuk say, why did Moshe Rabbeinu say that the, that the Shekhinah will rest between his shoulders? Because the Besamikdash was in the highest part of the land, right? just like the neck is right up there close to the top of the person. Um, and Har Hamoria was the high mountain in Yerushalayim. But the neck is not the highest. There's still the head. So why the neck? 
Ela shenamuch esrim v'shalosh ama me'en etam. It was 23 amos lower than a high point. Than a, 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 a high point in Yerushalayim that was higher than the Beis HaMikdash. V'sham ha'yedaita shal David levnosa. That's where David wanted to build the Beis HaMikdash. Kiri'isa b'shchitas kashim, as it says in the Perik shchitas kashim, which is in the Gemara in Zevachim. Amri nachti be'purta. David says, let's not do it at a high point, a little bit lower than the high point. Because Moshe Rabbeinu said it's in the shoulders. The shoulders are not the high point. It's a little bit lower. And then Rashi says, There's no more beautiful part than the ox more than the shoulders. So that even though the head is the high point, but somehow there's something special about the shoulders and that's where the base Hamikdash is supposed to be built. That's what again Rashi says from the Gemara. So we have here a sort of like a, uh, a theme that in our parsha they're crying on each other's necks and the necks are sim- symbolic of the Beis HaMikdash and the second Beis HaMikdash and the Mishkan. Moshe Rabbeinu says that it's going to be between the shoulders that the Shekhinah is going to rest, again referring to the Beis HaMikdash. Who, who is the Yosef? A Sefav Shachin. No, this is not Yosef, this is Binyamin. This is when Moshe Rabbeinu is blessing Binyamin, and he's saying that the Shekhinah will be between his shoulders. The Gemara says that there's nothing, uh, the most beautiful part of the, of the axe is its shoulders. Now you're right that Yosef is also compared to the axe in the Chumash yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's correct. So it is all connected, Yosef Binyamin. Right. Now, this concept, the Beis Hamikdash, the Mishkan, is connected with the shoulders and the neck, we find in another place, and that's Shir Hashirin, mm. Perik Dalit, Pasik Dalit. The Pasik says, Kimigdal David Savarech. We know Shir Hashirim is this beautiful poetry and it's an allegory between the love between Hashem and the Jewish people, and there's it's you know all types of beautiful compliments. And it says that the Migdal David, which is the tower of David, referring to Besam Mikdash, Savarech is your neck. So again, we have that when Hashem is talking about the beauty of the Jewish people, he says, Your neck is like the tower of David, which is the Besam Mikdash. Why the neck? So the Medrash Rabbah, Dirin Shir Hashir and Peter Dalit, and I have here the quote. Medrash Rabbah says, Migdal David, the Tower of David, Zeb Beis Hamikdash. This is the Beis Hamikdash. Is Shaul also from Ben Benjamin? King, King yes, Shaul? Yes, yes. He has this neck. It was this famous from his neck. Very nice, very nice. That's correct. It says that. Meshich Moya Maila Gavoa. That's from you on fire tonight. You're right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's all connected. So, so the Medrash says, Zeb Beis Hamikdash. The neck is the Beis Hamikdash. Why is the Bisamikta specifically connected to the neck? So the marriage has a number of ideas. It says, All the days that the Bisamikta was standing upright, people stood, we stood tall. The neck, you know, a person who stands tall, it's with the neck. You stand up straight, upright. When a person is bent, it's the neck, right? So he says, as long as we had the Besamikdash, we stood straight and tall amongst the nations of the world. Kivan Shachara Besamikdash, once the Besamikdash was destroyed, Kaviyachol Nichfaf Tzavoran Shal Yisrael. It's as if our neck became bent over, we became stooped. We weren't able to hold our head up high when, when the Besamikdash is destroyed. Hadahu da Amrit, this is what the Pasuk means when it says, Parshas Bechukaisai Vishibarti as Gaon Uschem, Hashem says in, when, when talking about the curse of destruction, that I will, I will break your pride, your, your strength and pride, Zebe Samikdash. 
So that's one reason why it's the neck. The neck represents standing up straight and tall. Excuse me. Davar Acher, another interpretation, says the Medrash. Matzavar zen nasun begavoy shel adam. Just like the neck is at the high point of the person. Kach beisamikdash nasun begavoy shel oilam. The Besamikdash is, is, is in a high point of the world, up on that Mount Har Hamoria. In some places also talks about that the next is like a channel for all those things which goes into your brain, into your uh, Yeah, yeah, we'll get soul. to it. We'll, get to, we'll get to there. We'll get to there. Excellent. Excellent. Then the Magic says another thing. Umat Savor just like a neck. Rov Tachshitin Tluyin Bo. Most jewelry are around the neck. Uh, what's our jewelry? The kahuna was in the Beis HaMikdash. Leviya, the Leviim, were in the Beis HaMikdash. So they were, they were like the adornment of the Jewish people is in the Beis HaMikdash, just like a neck is adorned with a necklace and different chokers or jewelry. For, uh, finally, is that just like the neck, if it's wounded or, or taken away, one cannot live. Once the Besamikdash is destroyed, there is no life to the Jewish people. It says Sony Israel, the enemies of the Jewish people, but it means it's just a, a way of talking. talking. Mm-hmm. It means it's the life of the Jewish people. But so basically. That's exactly all those executions are by, by the neck, by, by the neck. By the neck, right. Yeah, right. Thing, that's what happened. So, so what we have here is um, a, an interesting thing, and that is that the Beis HaMikdash and the Mishkan are compared to the neck. We see that in Chumash, in our Parsha, by the crying over the necks. We see that in Parsha's Devarim, um, that uh, the Beis HaMikdash has promised to Binyamin between his shoulders. In Shir Hashirim, Migdal David Savarich, that the Tower of David is the neck. And so it's all about the neck. And the Medrash told us a number of things. The neck represents the posture standing straight. The neck represents, it's at the height of a person, it's the jewelry of the person, it's the life of a person, and so on. And yet, the question is asked, um, the head is higher than the neck. And the head is the place where at the end of the day, all of our greatest faculties are, our mind and our eyes and our ears and our taste, all of our, so why wouldn't the Besamikdash be the head? of the mm-hmm. world, the highest place in the world, the highest place of the person. Why the neck? Yes? Is that rhetorical? You don't have to answer. Either way. I'm, I'm going to say an answer either way. But oh, I'm just thinking the shoulders are the foundation supporting the base of Mikdash. So we as the Jews are the foundation of the base of Mikdash. We can't be that. We have to be like the foundation. For the base of Mikdash. For the base of Mikdash. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. But it seems here that the base of Mikdash itself is called the neck. Not only that we are the foundation for it, but it itself is somehow represented, nowhere does it say the Besamikdash is the head of the world, or the no, high point the of the Jews world. The Jews are the head, and the Besamikdash is the support for the Jews. Oh, the Besamikdash is our support, yeah. it's supporting us. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting mm-hmm. verb. Interesting verb. Um, very nice verb. I want to share one more verb. And that is, although the head is the high point of the person, it's the neck that is the conduit, that brings from the head to everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And the Svarim Akhdashim say, that the idea of us, of the Beis HaMikdash, is to bring godliness into the rest of the world. In other words, Yiddishkeit is never about the pin, to be the pinnacle of Kedusha. It's to be the conduit of Kedusha, the spreader of Kedusha. And that's what the Beis HaMikdash represents. The head is Hashem. The Beis HaMikdash is the place through which the divine energy comes to the entire world. Interestingly, the Pasuk says in Malachim, when Shlema Melech was building the Beis HaMikdash, it says that the, the windows were built, created in a very interesting and fascinating way. 
It says they were narrow on the inside yes. and they went outward, right? Rabbi Ram is an expert in the Beis Hamikdash, yes. and that's how it was. The Pasik says, Chalonos Shkufim Atumim, which means very narrow inside and very wide outside, which is exactly the opposite of the way windows used to be made in the olden times. Because what's a window for? Now, nowadays we have inner lights. But primarily, besides from that, they would bring light in. If you're bringing light in, so you have narrow in the outside and it gets wider inside. That's and the Beis Hamikdash was narrow inside, going outward to 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 represent that the idea of the Beis Hamikdash is that from there or emanates, yeah. from there the kedusha emanates and spreads to the entire wow. world. That's a good word. And that's the concept. That's the concept of the neck. So what's higher? Yeah, the head is higher, but the neck is the one that brings whatever is in the head to every part of the body, to every part of us. And that's really what the Beis Hamikdash is, and that's really what we are. Was uh, well, us as Yidin, one could say, if I would have a choice, I'll, I could be the holiest possible being, or I could be one through whom holiness is spread to the world. Our mission in this world is not to be the highest level of holiness. Our mission in this world is to bring as much holiness as we can to ourselves and to our families and our homes and to our neighborhoods and to the entire world to be a light on the nations and flood the world with Kedusha um, and or. So that is why, that's one idea behind the idea of this neck that we saw again that theme through the Chumash in Bereshis in Devorim and Shirashir. Now, let's take it one step further. We have a few minutes left. And that is later in the Parsha, Yaakov meets, Yosef meets Yaakov. Right? That's, that's the, you know, perhaps the pinnacle. Because first Binyamin comes with the brothers and he meets Binyamin, then he sends them all home, and then Yaakov is going to meet his beloved father. They haven't seen each other for 22 years. One can imagine a little bit about the emotional reunion. Pasuk says, Perak Mevav Pasuk Chavtes. Vayaser Yosef Merkavto, Yosef... 22 or 17. I'm sorry? 22 or 17. 22. 22. They, they didn't see each other for 22 years. 22. He left when he was 17 years old, and now he's 30 years old. It's 22 and a half, whatever years. No, 37 is 39. I'm sorry, 39. I'm th- you're right. 20, he left when he was 17, and now he's 39, right? 22 years later. So... Vayaser Yosef Merkafta Yosef. Why I was mixed up because they say that Yaakov lived 17 years in Mitzrayim. The, the time he missed him, and I read in some places that Yosef was waiting for his dream to be fulfilled for 22 years, mm-hmm. and I, I just got mixed up. But you're right about that. Uh, that's fine. all of us get mixed up yeah, from time to time. Yeah, <laughs> Vayaser Yosef Merkafta Yosef gets his chariot. Vayal across Yisrael of Goshna. He goes up to meet his father in Goshen. Vayere love. He appears to him. Vayipol al Savarov again the neck. He falls on Yaakov's neck. Vayevk al Savarov od. And Yosef cries on Yaakov's neck. Noticeably here, Yaakov is not crying. Yosef is crying on Yaakov's neck. And so now it's one way. Before Yosef was crying on Benyamin's neck, and Benyamin and Yosef. Now only Yosef is crying. So Rashi says, Yosef had a tremendous amount of crying. Yosef cried tremendously, though Rashi doesn't say what he was crying about, but he says Yosef had this, was crying tremendously. Yaakov did not fall on Yosef's neck, and Yaakov didn't kiss, kiss him, which is strange. 22 years he's mourning for his son. And now he meets his son and doesn't cry. At that moment, Yaakov was saying the Kriya Shema and he didn't. 
and, and he was able to contain his emotions. Again, this, this defies imagination. Now he's saying Kriyashma, and soon he's going to greet his son. That's what Rashi says. But what was Yosef crying about? So again, on a simple level, doesn't need much explanation why he was crying. He, he saw his father after 22 years. Says the Zohar, and that's in the next quote here, Parshas Vayigash, Kadistalik minei vischarev be'mikdasha, that ultimately Yosef is again thinking about the Mikdash. These were tzaddikim, they were thinking about the future. And he recognized that there will come a time when the Shekhinah, when the Divine Presence will be removed from the base of Mikdash. Kedem, therefore, at that time, he cried on Yaakov's neck, on Yaakov's shoulders. It's all about the Mesa Mikdash that's going to be Kharev. And why does it say Od, that he cried more? He was crying about our Golos today that's so long and so difficult. That's what the Zohar says. So again, it's connected to the neck, the Beis HaMikdash, it all fits in. The question though is, Yaakov, Yosef is crying about the Churban Beis HaMikdash. Why didn't Yaakov cry about the Churban Beis HaMikdash? You know, Yaakov was saying Kriyashma, but the Churban Beis HaMikdash is something that had to hurt Yaakov as much as it hurt Yosef. And Yaakov wasn't crying. That's one point. And quickly, one more point. Going back earlier, it said Yosef was crying about the Beis HaMikdashes that were in Binyamin's lap. Binyamin was crying about the, Besa, about the Mishkan and Mishka Yosef. Why was everyone crying about everyone else's problems? What about their own? Mm. Strange. Yosef is crying because two Bata Mikdash are going to be destroyed by Binyamin. Binyamin is crying because a, a Mishkan is going to be destroyed by Shiloh. Mm. Why didn't Yosef cry for his own Shiloh? Why didn't Binyamin cry for his own Besa Mikdash? Why is everyone crying for the other one? And here, why is only Yosef crying about the Besa Mikdash and not Yaakov? Yeah. And here, this is a very interesting question, and the Rebbe gives a beautiful idea. He says, crying is a wonderful tool when you're trying to show empathy to another person. Someone else is suffering, I feel your pain, I'm crying for you. For your own problem? Mm -hmm. Don't cry. Do something true, about it. True. Crying, sometimes when we cry, sometimes we have our own personal thing that we have to work on, and instead of working on it, we're crying. It's not a time to cry, it's to work on. Crying is to be mishtatif, to empathize with someone else's pain. But not for your own. For your own, you have to do your avodah to fix it. Many people find it easier to cry and sigh than do something. Says the Rebbe, that's what's going on here. He says, Yosef didn't cry for his own mishkan. He felt that's his responsibility to perfect his avodah. And therefore he was working on his own avodah to see to it that maybe it won't happen. But for his brother, for there he was showing empathy because it wasn't ultimately his responsibility. And the same as Binyamin cried for him. And the same thing is at the end. Yaakov was the father of everyone. So the Besamiktash is in Yaakov's portion. So Yaakov is not going to cry for it. In fact, what did Yaakov do? He was saying Kriyashma. Because saying Kriyashma, that's the Avodah of building a Besamiktash. That's the Avodah of Kabbalah Salmarch Shemayim. That's like Karbanos. So Yaakov wasn't crying. Yaakov was doing the avoda of trying to see to it that the base of Mikdash should not be destroyed. Yosef, being that wasn't his section, he was crying. So here we have, that's the double message in this idea. One idea is that everything is about the neck. It's all about bringing Kedusha into the world, spreading Kedusha. And the other idea is crying is a wonderful way of expressing empathy for someone else's sorrow. For one's own sorrow, crying is not the right way. To the contrary, what we have to do is work on our avodah to actually fix the problem. And if we're talking about a churban, what can we do to bring the gula, to bring to, that there shouldn't be a churban? That's everyone's avodah that's greater and more important than ultimately crying. Wow. That's fantastic.
Yeah, let's uh, turn this off. Oh, you 